This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo, sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo. Today's episode is sponsored by our latest patrons on Patreon. We have Neo T pledging $5 per month, Angelo M pledging $10 per month, and Swami A is now pledging $55 per month. Uh, you guys are incredible. You're absolutely incredible. I'll just say don't break the bank supporting us on Patreon. Uh, if you think that there's a charity that's more uh, deserving or if you want to donate to Bernie Sanders, I'm not going to be mad. Uh, but if you can, then look, you guys, uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, so before I get to the subject of today's podcast, I have to talk about uh, how I'm going to be a little bit restrained today because I just had oral surgery yesterday. Uh, and, you know, no pain, no nothing, still a little bit tender. Uh, nothing major, but it is going to impact my speech patterns. I can't get a little bit too crazy because uh, I like to yell, but I'm going to have to try to keep that restrained because I don't want to mess anything up. And furthermore, there might be a little bit swelling. I don't know if you could see it on camera. Um, it, it's light, but I mean, this is going to, you know, impact the show marginally. But just to keep that in mind, if you're wondering why I'm not like jumping out of my seat or screaming uh, like I typically do on the show. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, when it comes to the episodes, I'll be talking about the Daily Beast, and I'll tell you why they are attacking Bernie Sanders and his electability. I'll also discuss the uh, MSNBC and Telemundo Town Hall, and uh, give you my thoughts on that, as well as the Clinton family and their new slew of attacks against Bernie Sanders. That and more on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. The Daily Beast has been strongly pushing the narrative that Bernie Sanders is not electable in spite of the fact that his real clear politics averages are higher than Hillary Clinton's against Republicans. In fact, a new poll by Quinnipiac University shows that he actually beats every single Republican while Hillary Clinton loses to every single Republican with the exception of Donald Trump. Now, this is not a new trend. I mean, Bernie Sanders performs really well in these hypothetical matchups uh, because he captures the youth vote, because he captures independent voters. So, in spite of this fact, though, uh, the Daily Beast really wants you to think that he's not electable. So, I'm going to go ahead and get to what they have to say, and then I'll tell you why they're saying what they're saying. So, we have one article from Jay Michelson, which is titled, Dear Bernie Fans, A Vote for Him is a Vote for Donald Trump, with the subtitle, Primaries don't elect presidents, they elect candidates who have to beat the other guys. A socialist who wants to raise taxes on everyone cannot beat any Republican. Period. Now, also, Kelly Joff penned an article stating, You're damn right, electability matters to black voters, with the subtitle, White affluent voters have the luxury of swooning over quixotic candidates like Sanders and Nader. Black voters don't. So she chalks Bernie's support up to white privilege because white affluent voters have the ability to gamble. They can roll the dice and not have to worry, whereas African-American voters, well, they don't have the choice. They can't gamble. They can't take a chance. And, uh select someone who's not nationally electable. The problem is that nobody wants to gamble. The reason why we support Bernie Sanders in part is because he is more electable than Hillary Clinton. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that someone who's being investigated by the FBI and may be indicted, perhaps during a general election, that person is not more electable. But nonetheless, the Daily Beast has another article. So uh, Michael Tomaski has an article titled, Bernie Sanders isn't electable, and here's why. With the subtitle, it's not really that he's too lefty. It's that once he does come under attack, most Democrats won't go to the mat for him. They're not basing this on facts or polling. They're just making assertions and hoping that they stick to the wall. Uh, Cenk Uger of the Young Turks actually called them out of touch because they're part of the establishment bubble. They don't know what's going on. Now, that's absolutely true. I agree with Cenk, but there's a stronger reason why these so-called journalists are trying to push this electability myth. So Ivan Bronkovic is one of my viewers, and he actually reached out to me, and he said, Look, Mike, uh, I read all these hatchet job articles uh, that the Daily Beast wrote about Bernie Sanders and his electability, and so I decided to do a little bit of digging. Uh, now, what he found is devastating. So the Daily Beast is owned by a company called IAC, Interactive Corp. They're a media company. And when you check out their website and look at who's on their board of directors, you'll see a very familiar name, Chelsea Clinton. Now, she's the director of IAC, which owns the Daily Beast. So if you don't know who Chelsea Clinton is, allow me to refresh your memory. So she serves as the vice chair of the Clinton Foundation, and she also happens to be the daughter of Bill and Hillary Clinton. Hmm, I wonder if there's a conflict of interest there. So she's on the board of directors 
of a company that owns the Daily Beast, who is pushing these talking points straight from the Hillary Clinton campaign, because who is it that has been pushing this electability myth about Bernie Sanders? Hillary Clinton, she keeps trying to scare us and say, look, if you don't vote for me, then you're going to get a Republican because Bernie can't beat the Republicans. I'm battle tested. And while Hillary Clinton is saying this, well, the Daily Beast is right there to do what she wants, right there to do the bidding of the Clintons and the Hillary Clinton campaign. So these aren't real journalists that we're talking about. These are puppets who are taking orders from their owner. So these articles aren't surprising. You can't expect the journalists at the Daily Beast to be objective in light of this finding, I mean, they are beholden to the Clintons because that's who owns them. So if they start talking too nicely about Bernie Sanders, well, then their owner might push back and say, look, our board member, Chelsea Clinton, doesn't like what you're saying about Bernie Sanders. Change it. Otherwise, we're going to have some problems. They're the boss. So if you think that something might be a little bit strange, I encourage all of my viewers to do a little bit of digging and you might find something that is a little bit surprising or actually not surprising, uh, depending on the circumstance. Uh, so this is absolutely disgusting. The Daily Beast now, as we all know, is delegitimized forever because of this. You're not a real journalist outlet. You're just a propaganda machine for the Clintons. Hillary Clinton refuses to release the transcripts of paid speeches she's given to Goldman Sachs. She says that she will not do this unless everyone else, including Bernie Sanders, releases their paid speech transcripts as well. Well, Bernie Sanders just called her bluff. So on February 19th, he tweeted out a video link saying, this is what a paid Bernie Sanders speech looks like. Don't worry, the $500 payout was given to charity. <laughs> Now, here's a clip of that. I believe uh, that both political parties uh, are heavily dominated by moneyed interest. And I think that millions and millions of working families don't have the kind of voice that they should be having uh, in all levels of government. And I've chosen to be an independent. Uh, I caucus now with the Democrats have always done that. At a time when the middle class is disappearing, and poverty is increasing, you know what they haven't thought of? They haven't thought of maybe after giving hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks to the top 2%, maybe, maybe ask the richest people in this country to pay a nickel more in taxes. So shocker, it looks as though he's saying the same thing during his paid speeches as he's saying on the campaign trail. I wonder if that's the same case with you, Hillary. Hmm, I, I, you know, my gut's telling me no, seeing that you don't want to release them and you're fighting like hell to prevent us from seeing what's in them. Uh, but nonetheless, Bernie Sanders has come clean about his other paid speeches. So according to the New York Times, his total that he earned in paid speeches is $1,867.42 for three appearances, a grand sum that is chump change in presidential politicking, but enough for the senator to respectably donate the money to charity. <laughs> Oh my god, she's getting clowned on bad right now. But let's be 100% fair, uh, Hillary Clinton did donate some of her speaking fee uh, profits to charity, but the vast majority of it was pocketed by her. Now, if she donated all the money that she made on paid speaking fees to Goldman Sachs, I would be less skeptical. I'd still be uh, skeptical, but I'd be a lot less skeptical. Uh, but the problem is that she personally profits from these, speaking, uh, from these speeches. So... How is it that we can expect her to rein in these criminal organizations like Goldman Sachs if she has a financial incentive to speak out on their behalf? I'm saying that because obviously she spoke out on their behalf, otherwise she would release the speeches. What do you have to hide if you are going to Goldman Sachs saying, I'm going to rein you guys in? You're not doing that, Hillary Clinton. I don't think that someone would pay you $600,000 for three speeches if you're going to go out there and tell them to cut it out and, you know, let's let's break you up. You guys are corrupt. That's not the case. There's a reason why uh, they're not paying Bernie Sanders for uh, to go and speak on their behalf. It's because you got something to hide. So the ball is now in your court, Hillary. What are you going to do? Bernie Sanders released his paid speeches. Are you going to release yours? Didn't think so, but you know, I'll give her time. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If you do it, I'll be shocked. I'll be excited because uh, this would be a, a good thing for you to do. I mean, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because we know that you said something probably pretty uh, controversial that we're going to disagree with. But if you don't release it, then, you know, the suspicion is going to continue to mount and this is just going to be so bad for your campaign. So what are you going to do? Make a decision. Will you release a transcript of your paid speeches to Goldman Sachs? <laughs> I am happy to release anything I have 
when everybody else does the same. Oh my God, stop fucking lying. So the Clinton family has decided to come together to help tank Hillary's campaign as a family by attacking Bernie Sanders. Now, I say that, you know, they're tanking Hillary's campaign by attacking Bernie Sanders because when you do that, it backfires. Every single time, every attack that Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea has done has backfired tremendously, but yet they still continue to do it. Now, this isn't because Bernie Sanders is this god and, you know, he's above criticism. It's because political science studies have shown that we don't like political attack ads. Whenever you do that, you delegitimize yourself. That's the reason why Bernie Sanders doesn't attack Hillary Clinton. Now, Hillary Bros will contest me on that statement, but I'll get to that in the end. So, I want to talk about these attacks. So, I'm going to go ahead and let Bill go first. Mysterious. That there are a lot of people that say, well, the Republican Party rewarded the Tea Party. Just tell people what they want to hear, move them to the right, and we'll be rewarded, except they didn't get anything done. Then that's going on now in our party. If you don't deal with the fact that we are too politically polarized and we keep rewarding people who tell us things they know they can't do because it pushes our hot buttons, we can't go forward together. So he's effectively comparing progressives to the Tea Party, the bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, and racist wing of the Republican Party. You're comparing us to that, the most progressive people in the party. To them? Wow. I mean, this this is a really interesting electoral strategy. And think about how pretentious this sounds. Oh, Bernie's pushing all their hot buttons by telling them everything that they want to hear. Really, Bill? Because Hillary Clinton is telling us what we want to hear as well, right? The problem is that we just don't believe her. We believe Bernie Sanders for good reason, but we don't believe Hillary Clinton. For example, when she states that she's going to reign in Wall Street, but won't reinstate Glass-Steagall and won't break up the big banks... Uh, and uh, is taking money from them. So of course she's telling us what we want to hear, but the problem is that we don't believe her, and you're mad about that, because we have reason not to believe her, but that's not our fault, that's your wife's fault. Do a better job convincing us. Give the money that you took from Wall Street back. Now think about how bad of an electoral strategy this is. He's basically spitting in all of our faces and then expecting us to come back and support Hillary come November. Bill, I've got really bad news for you, but Hillary Clinton still has to earn my vote. She hasn't done that yet, so it's not just going to be the case that we're going to roll over if Hillary Clinton gets the nomination in this disaster scenario that comes to fruition somehow. Uh, we're not going to roll over immediately and just pledge our support to her. You still have to earn our votes. You have to gain our trust back because you lost that. You've been doing a really shitty job at not pissing us off, and you've been, you've been just actually uh, not only just you know spitting on our faces, you've been poking us and prodding us this entire time, not only attacking Bernie Sanders, but attacking his supporters, calling his supporters sexist, calling us Tea Party right-wing idiots, basically. So don't think that we're just going to automatically support Hillary come November. In fact, I think quite the opposite is going to happen. She's actually a liability because you've pissed off a lot of people and this is why you lost in 2008, but I guess you don't learn your lesson. And furthermore, when it comes to who's closer to the Tea Party, let's see, was it progressives that supported your idiotic three strikes policy bill? Was it progressives that supported your homophobic don't ask, don't tell? and Doma bills? I don't think so. We were against that. So I think that that type of bigotry is more in line with what Tea Partiers want. Because guess what? When you pass Doma, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and these three strikes crime bills that lock up African Americans and Latinos, they were applauding. They were excited about that bill. So you don't get to say that we're like the Tea Party when your policies more closely resemble what they want. So give me a break. Terrible, terrible attack from Bill Clinton, a very disingenuous, disgusting president who betrayed the Democratic Party and all of their core values. So Bill, if you really want Hillary to win, here's some advice. Don't ever, ever attack the supporters. You can attack the candidate, that's still not good for you, but if you attack their supporters, that's the most dumbest strategy I've ever seen. But I want to get to Chelsea Clinton. So uh, Chelsea says that Bernie Sanders' proposal to end mass incarceration in the U.S. is worrying and insinuated that her mother's rival does not understand what is possible to achieve in government. She replied that Senator Sanders advocated the end of mass incarceration, aiming for the U.S. to no longer be the country with the highest number of people in jail by the end of the first term in 2020. But his plan worried her. Chelsea Clinton said the goal was not achievable, however, as the majority of inmates are held at 
state, not federal prisons. We are not electing a king. We are electing a president, insisted Miss Clinton. We need someone who understands what they have to do in the job as president, but also in partnership with Congress, governors, and mayors. So I'll just point out that the we elected a president, not a king line is something that the Republicans use against President Obama all the time. Uh, and furthermore, this is a really odd attack on uh, Bernie Sanders from Chelsea Clinton, considering the fact that when you compare uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton's racial justice reform plans, they're nearly identical. Bernie Sanders takes it a step further because he actually calls for demilitarization of the police, which Hillary Clinton does not do, but I mean, in actuality, they're very, very similar. So if both of their criminal justice reform platforms are very similar, why is it that your mom's is more pragmatic than Bernie's? I mean, we're electing a president, not a queen, right, Chelsea? Oh, okay, it's probably because, you know, your mom can actually get things done. She's a progressive that likes to get things done uh, because the Republicans love Hillary Clinton. They've demonstrated over the last four years, you know, with Benghazi and whatnot. You know, they love Hillary. They can't wait for a Hillary presidency, right? No, that's not the case. Uh, they hate your mom, okay? And for all the wrong reasons. Now, I wanna get to um, this charge from Hillary bros that I'm always hit with. They say, look, you claim that Hillary Clinton is running a dirty campaign, which she objectively is doing. That's why she lost in 2008 and she's doing it again. Uh, but yeah, she's running a dirty campaign. Uh, and they'll say, but look, Bernie Sanders attacks Hillary Clinton all the time. He, sh he claims that she's taking money from Wall Street. The fact that she takes money from Wall Street is not an attack, it's just a fact. Now, if you think that that is an attack, well, then you're basically agreeing with the initial criticism in the first place. You're agreeing that, well, Bernie Sanders, don't point out that Hillary Clinton takes money from Wall Street. That's an attack. How is that an attack? He's literally just stating a fact. A fact is not an attack. An attack would be something that's disingenuous, like Hillary Clinton, how she lies about Bernie Sanders' uh, universal health care plan and how, uh, you know, uh, Chelsea is here is lying about his plan to end mass incarceration. She thinks it's worrying, which ending mass incarceration is not worrying. I think that brings us closer to democracy. Hillary Clinton and her family is proven that they want to play dirty. They're ruthless. They're going to do what it takes. They'll slander Bernie Sanders. They'll fight him to the, you know, to the death. So Hillary Clinton has proven that she's going to run a dirty campaign. She's going to slander Bernie Sanders left and right. She's going to attack him every day. But you know what? It makes me mad. But at the end of the day, this is good for Bernie Sanders because the more they attack Bernie Sanders, the more popular he gets. They're scared. That's why they're doing it. But you know what? Keep it up because it's not working for you. It's actually working really well in Bernie Sanders' favor. Senator Patrick Leahy, a superdelegate, has pledged to support Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Now, this is not surprising considering the fact that superdelegates are jumping over themselves to support Hillary Clinton and endorse Hillary Clinton. Uh, but this is problematic, particularly for Senator Leahy, because he is a senator from Vermont. He's the senior senator there. And right now, according to public policy polling, they found that Hillary Clinton is polling at 10% in Vermont, while Bernie sits at 86%. That's a 76-point lead. So the overwhelming majority of your constituents are telling you they want Bernie Sanders to be the Democratic nominee and you're ignoring them. You're covering your ears, and you are ignoring everything that they say. They elected you to represent them, and you are betraying them. But we need to figure out why he's doing this. I mean, this is egregious, right? He's got to have a good reason. So on Vermont Public Radio, he states that, you know, the Leahy's have been in Vermont since the 1800s. One of the touchstones of our family, I learned it from my grandparents, I learned it from my parents, and I've tried to teach my children, is you keep your word. Long before Senator Sanders ever said he was going to run, I urged then-Secretary Clinton to run and told her I would support her. Okay, I get it. So basically, he made a promise to Clinton, and he just, you know, he has to keep his word. He can't break his promise. Uh, well, how about this? Why don't you listen to what you just said and take your own advice? By doing this, you're not keeping your word, Leahy. You are actually breaking the promise that you made to voters to represent them in Vermont. You got elected as their representative as their senator, and you're telling them now, you know what, I don't want to listen to you. Even though you clearly want Bernie Sanders to be the Democratic nominee, you know what? Uh, I'm afraid of the Clinton machine. I am a coward. I don't have a spine, so I'm going to do what Hillary Clinton wants because I promised her. I don't don't mind the promise I made to you to represent you guys, uh, but let's let's actually take into account the promise I made to Hillary Clinton, the establishment. This is disgusting. This is absolutely disgusting, and this is a reason why this superdelegate problem needs to go away for the Democratic Party. They can't be doing this. You can't thwart the will of the voters. That's just disgusting, and it's not smart if you want to win in the general election. So what I think you should do is tweet Senator Leahy and tell him not to thwart the will of the people. Be polite, but tell him that he needs to support 
what his voters in Vermont decide, because it's not right for them to vote overwhelmingly in favor of Bernie Sanders and then him to just go against what they want and support Hillary Clinton. That's immoral. That's absolutely immoral. And, you know, if he does do this, if he does vote for Hillary over Bernie at the convention, uh, he needs to be kicked out. He needs to be thrown out of office. That's not okay. So now this leads to a broader question about superdelegates. Many of my viewers have asked me, you know, is, is this going to be a problem? Because she has a huge lead over Bernie Sanders when it comes to superdelegates. Now, even though you see these instances with Senator Leahy being idiotic, uh, I don't think that the rest of the superdelegates are going to be that dumb. See, this was the case in 2008. Everyone supported Obama that was a superdelegate, or excuse me, everyone supported Hillary Clinton uh, that was a superdelegate, and then they later switched to Obama because that's what the voters decided uh, that they wanted, was Barack Obama and not Hillary Clinton to be the Democratic nominee. Now, the media has been incredibly misleading about this as well, which is why there's so much confusion. When they say Hillary Clinton is leading in superdelegates, they haven't voted yet, so you can't say that she already won those votes. That's not the case. It could very well be the case, and most likely will be the case, that they actually switch their support over to Bernie Sanders if he does get more delegates and if voters clearly show that they want him to be the Democratic nominee. Because if you thwart the will of the voters, if it's the case that more people want Bernie Sanders to win and he actually has more delegates, but somehow superdelegates flip it to Hillary Clinton, the party's done. You lose in the general after that. You're discredited for decades after doing something that disgusting and deceitful. If you do that, you're no longer the Democratic Party. You're the undemocratic party. See, it's it's ridiculous that superdelegates account for about 15% of total delegates. That's too much. But as Debbie Wasserman Schultz stated, you know, they do this so that way, uh, you, you know, the, the establishment doesn't have to compete with grassroots activists. What a terrible admission. I mean, really, you're saying basically that you want to be able to have your uh the party establishment thwart the will of the voters that's not what democracies do that's what authoritarian regimes do but look in the end i think that most likely these superdelegates are going to get their heads straight if bernie sanders does get more uh, regular delegates and they're going to support him at the convention otherwise the backlash will basically ruin the party they don't want that. They're all self-interested in, you know, maintaining their seats. Because, I mean, if, if you screw over Democratic constituents this bad, this has a trickle-down effect that's going to impact, you know, elections in uh, gubernatorial races as well as Senate races and House races. So they're not going to do this unless they are a lot more insane than we give them credit for. But getting back to Senator Leahy, do the right thing and support Bernie Sanders. South Dakota recently made history, but not for the right reasons. They passed an unprecedented anti-transgender bill, so that way it bans transgender people from using the bathrooms and locker rooms of the gender that they identify with. Now, their Republican governor is expected to sign this bill into law, and most likely by the time you see the segment, he'll already have done so. Now, state Democrats were against this bill, both for practical and moral reasons. So, BuzzFeed explains that Democrats criticized the bill in floor speeches, arguing the measure presented a slippery slope to further discrimination and could prompt the federal government to withdraw funding for South Dakota's public schools. Senator Bernie Hunhoff insisted there were no incidents of transgender students causing problems by using school restrooms, and the state could face retaliation. We could have egg on our face with a tourism boycott. Now, not to mention this is also just immoral and flat-out wrong, but the Republicans love to propose solutions for problems that don't exist. They do this with voter ID laws. They say, look, there's all this fraud going on, so we've got to institute these policies to stop it. But then what they do is they end up disenfranchising voters and make it more difficult to vote. Uh, and so they end up creating a bigger problem than the one they're trying to solve. There's no transgender peeping Tom epidemic. That's just propaganda. It's a myth. It's people who are right-wing, conservative, Christian fundamentalists who have the feeling that, you know, transgender people want to creep on them in the bathroom when really they're just going in there to take a dump like everyone else. Uh, but nonetheless, they think that this is a great policy. So my message to people who support this is to get over yourself. If people wanted to be peeping Toms, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't subject themselves to changing their entire identity just to make it easier to peep on you in the bathroom. That doesn't seem plausible, does it? Now, furthermore, think about how absurd this is. Imagine if I were a transgender person, uh, identify as a male, but I have female body parts. Wouldn't it be creepy for me to go into a female bathroom if I have a full beard and stuff like that? That's not more creepy than someone who looks as the gender they identify as using the bathroom of their choice. That's really strange. It, 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 this blows my mind. The thing that bugs me is that transgender and agender people already feel uncomfortable when they use the bathroom. So there was a study by Williams Institute that found 
found that transgender people actually face high levels of harassment and discrimination just by using the bathroom because you're really damned if you do, damned if you don't. See, if you use the bathroom of your birth sex, then you go in there in what they appear to be drag and they think you're creepy. But if you use uh, the bathroom of the gender you identify as, but you don't pass well as that gender, well, then they still think you're creepy. So there's no way around it. You, you just can't win. And this is why a lot of transgender people have so many problems using the bathroom because they don't know which one to pick. They want to pick the one that's not going to be, you know, lead to them getting harassed. So they end up just holding it and getting bladder infections. This is not okay. I think using the bathroom is a human right. This should be a no-brainer. So this is a disgusting, egregious bill. And it's time that we once and for all stop picking a new group to pick on in this country. Can we just have everyone be equal for once? I wanted to give you guys my take on the MSNBC Telemundo Democratic Town Hall between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Uh, I don't think that there's actually a clear winner this time. I think that Bernie Sanders probably did marginally better. Uh, they were both challenged pretty hard, but the reason why I give the edge to Bernie Sanders this time is because Hillary Clinton was, uh, she was asked some really devastating questions that she couldn't respond to, uh, particularly the minimum wage question and also her speeches to Goldman Sachs and the gay rights question. So I'll get to those, uh, but first let me talk about Bernie Sanders. So some things that I like from Bernie Sanders, I like that when he talked about the gender gap, he actually brought up racial disparities uh, between women. So African-American and a Latino woman actually have a lot wider gap between men. men. And uh, this was a great thing for him to mention. Now, he was also asked about minimum wage and how he would ensure that the cost of raising minimum wage wouldn't be passed on to consumers. And he kind of circled around the question, but thankfully he ended up answering it. I thought it looked like a dodge at first, uh, which bugged me because, uh, you know, you don't want to ever, ever see Bernie Sanders dodging a question because he has the right answer to these questions. But thankfully he brought up purchasing power. I was like crossing my fingers saying, Bernie, you have to mention pur purchasing power. Because if you raise the incomes of ordinary Americans, just the working class, well then obviously when they spend that money, uh, they stimulate the economy, which creates jobs. I mean, you're just dim-witted if you think that trickle-down economics works, because when you give tax breaks to these billionaires, what they do is they just hoard that money in their bank accounts. When you give that money to the working class, they don't sit on it, they spend the money, and that's great for the economy. So of course it's the case that, you know, prices might be raised a bit, but that cost will be offset by the fact that people will have a higher purchasing power. Now, uh, Chuck Todd asked the question, you know, it's a common critique of uh, single-payer systems that, you know, the wait time is just so long. Now, Bernie Sanders was right to point out that this is something that uh, mouthpieces say was the word he used. Uh, and then Chuck Todd cited the VA as, a, as an example, and that's a terrible example. They're completely underfunded. If you have an actual single-payer single, single payer system, it is a fact that wait times will increase on certain uh, certain matters, but not for ones that are actually detrimental to your health. If, if you need uh, life-saving treatment, you're not going to wait for that. That's a myth uh, that people try to perpetuate, that, oh, you'll die waiting. That's not true at all. And here's the best part about single-payer systems. Uh, if you're broke, you can still get coverage. So you don't go bankrupt, you don't die if you can't afford coverage or if you're underinsured. Because a lot of people have health insurance, but they're still underinsured. They can't afford it. If you know they get sick, they got to pay a five or 10,000 deductible. That's not a great system. So getting to Hillary Clinton, I don't think that she did a great job defending her vote to filibuster Sam, uh, Justice Samuel Alito's uh, nomination to the Supreme Court. I thought it made her look hypocritical. So she needs to come up with something else here. Because look, I'm, I'm with her and Obama that we need to, and, oh, and Bernie Sanders, that we need to nominate someone quickly to replace Justice Scalia. Uh, but I mean, you've got to frame it differently because you look like a hypocrite right now. Look, well, we're just doing process. She needs to come up with something better. I agree. We've got to get someone on the court. It's Obama's constitutional duty to do that. But that's not working. It didn't look good in my opinion. Now, when it comes to the Apple encryption question, I thought that both candidates, uh, Bernie and Hillary, answered good. Uh, they answered correctly. Uh, but, you know, Hillary said that, you know, it's really a balance between civil liberties and uh, government overstep. But she is someone who voted for the Patriot Act, and I believe she voted for the Patriot Act's reauthorization as well. So it's not so black and or it's not so uh, complex to her. It's pretty black and white because she wants warrantless spying, and, and she hasn't defended herself. I think Bernie Sanders needs to push her on this. Why did you vote for the Patriot Act? Democrats don't like it. Why are you in support of something that your constituents disagree with? Uh, so that's one thing that needs to be brought up. Now, another thing that bugged me from the moderators is that uh, when it comes to the question, uh, they said, well, Sanders attacked Bill Clinton. They said this to Hillary Clinton, uh, but I reject the premise of the question because Bernie Sanders was responding to attack that Bill Clinton launched against him. So that's not an attack. See, if you're responding and saying that his comments were 
bad that when he attacked you, how was that an attack? Now, Hillary made the comment uh, saying that Bernie Sanders isn't really a Democrat. He just chose to become a Democrat to run. Uh, okay, this is terrible. And she got booed for it, rightfully so, uh, because nobody, like, who cares? Nobody's like, raw, raw Democrats. We vote for Democrats uh, because you're better than the Republicans. It's not necessarily a vote for Democrats, more so than it is a vote against the Republicans. But make no mistake, younger voters, a lot of us, we don't like the Democrats. We just caucus with the Democrats because we only have two choices. We have a shitty two-party system. You know, Hillary Clinton, she says this because she lacks substance. She can't get Bernie Sanders on the policies unless she lies or is deceitful. Uh, so she has to say, well, look, he's not a real Democrat. We don't care. We're not, like, politics isn't like sports. Like, we don't just root for our team no matter what. I would vote for a Republican who agreed with Bernie Sanders. It's not about the R or the D. It's about the policy substance. Now, to bring that up shows that you're not substantive, Hillary Clinton. Uh, so I think that she needs to stop with this line of attack because it's just not helping her at all. So there's a couple of parts of the town hall where I thought that Hillary Clinton looked pretty bad, and uh, which is why I thought Bernie Sanders performed better than her. Uh, so when it comes to why she opposed driver cards for undocumented immigrants in 2007... Uh, she looked bad. She dodged a question. Uh, when it comes to, you know, immigration, uh, I thought she looked bad. So you'll see in the headlines from the biased media that Hillary Clinton promises immigration in the first 100 days, when in actuality, if you watch the town hall, they had to twist her arm. But what do you, what do you do? Do you say no? No, I'm not going to get to that in the first 100 days. Of course you don't say that. If you're a politician, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm strong on this topic. Now, it, you know, that's working in her favor. So whatever. Uh, but I don't believe her. I don't believe that she's going to get to that in her first 100 days because of the way they worded the question and how she was basically pushed into a corner and had to answer yes. Now, when it comes to her wanting to reject Central American children, uh, basically refugees, she gave a terrible answer again. She did this at the PBS debate and she didn't defend herself well and she didn't do that here as well. She's basically trying to wrap her immoral position in this fake care about, you know, these, these immigrants, you know, these poor children, you know, I don't want them to be abused by these smugglers. But, you know, we know that that's incredibly disingenuous. Now, the worst part for Hillary of the night, uh, two things for me, gay rights and Goldman Sachs. So, uh, she was challenged by someone to release her transcript. And, you know, she said, look, I called on Wall Street. I was a senator for New York. I called on them to do this. I called on them to do that. I don't care if you called on them or if you told them to cut it out or if you went over there, you know, yelling at them. That doesn't matter. What matters is laws and regulations. Calling on them to do something or telling them to cut it out, that does nothing. They're not going to listen to you, Hillary. Uh, so I, I find it... uh a little bit condescending that you think we're that dumb to think that that's sufficient because it's not at all. She also said that she'd go further than Bernie on Wall Street reform. Hillary, nobody's convinced that you're going to go farther than Bernie. In fact, even your own supporters can't defend you against this. Now, when it comes to gay rights, she, she dodged the second time that it was asked about her uh, transcripts. And she said that she has been endorsed by the human rights campaign. Okay, this is incredibly infuriating to me because she fought against our rights. And let me tell you this, Hillary Clinton, the human rights campaign is not the ambassador to all gay people. We don't care about the human rights campaign. I don't like them as an organization. I think that they're extremely disingenuous. And I think that their board of directors is looking out for themselves and not their members. So you don't get to take that endorsement as an endorsement from the entire gay community. There's a lot of us that really disagree with you and don't like you because you fought against our rights. Before I was even old enough to vote, you decided that, you know, I shouldn't have the right to uh, marry the person that I love. So I think that's extremely wrong. So you don't get to use that endorsement to your favor. The reason why you were endorsed by the human rights campaign is because the president, Chad Griffin, worked for your husband. He ran fundraisers for you. You guys are in bed together. You're greasing each other's palms. And let me just ask you this, Hillary Clinton. Would you still support my right to marry? If it were the case that public opinion polls didn't change, would you? I'm just curious. I just want to know. Didn't think so. Now, one last thing I'll get to, the minimum wage. She did not look good here as well because she was asked whether or not she would support the minimum wage. And in just the most beautiful dodge I've ever seen, you know, she reworded the question to something else. And then she said, I would absolutely support that. Now, effectively, her answer is no, but that is just one of the most beautiful dodges I've ever seen. She did the same thing when it comes to reparations. She was asked whether or not she'd support reparations, and she said uh, something completely different. Well, I would support, you know, uh, empowering these communities and, you know, helping them in this regard. So, yeah, I'd absolutely support that. So she does that to make it seem as though she was supporting what she was initially asked about when really she's proposing something entirely different and saying she supports that. Now, when it comes to reparations, when she did this, nobody questions her now. Everybody's questioning Bernie Sanders on it, even though they both have the same exact stance. But for her, she's getting away scot-free because she did that beautiful dodge. I mean, 
kudos to Hillary Clinton. You're a true politician right there to, to do a dodge that artful. I mean, my hat goes off to you, man. Beautiful. So anyways, that is my take on the Democratic Town Hall. Nothing too exciting. Uh, you know, I'd say Bernie Sanders had the edge but nothing that, you know, is going to blow them out of the water. So uh, that's my thoughts. Uh, let me know what you guys think. That's all I got for you guys. I want to thank all my subscribers for tuning in. And I also want to welcome all of my newest subscribers to the channel as usual. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll see you next week. The results of the Nevada caucus are in. And it looks like it's a big win for Wall Street. That's right, Hillary Clinton pulled off the win after all. She won by about uh, five points. Uh, so she finished at 52.5% and Bernie Sanders came in second with 47.5%. Uh, so this is finally a decisive win for Hillary Clinton. She claimed Iowa as a win when effectively it was a tie. It was a 0.2% lead that she had on him. So this is actually her first win of the race. Uh, that's that's really decisive anyways. So there's some people on Twitter, you know, chattering about whether or not this is the end for Bernie Sanders. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, so let me just ask you this. So uh, like five weeks ago, did we expect him to come within five points of Hillary Clinton in Nevada? No way. Nobody expected this. And furthermore, let's brace ourselves. Is it probably going to be the case that he's going to lose in South Carolina? Most likely. But does that mean we just give up on South Carolina? No way. We still continue to fight. We close that gap as much as possible. It's not over until it's over. It's actually just beginning. So Super Tuesday, huge chance for Bernie Sanders. We still have Michigan. We have March 15th. These are really, really big events coming up. So if you count out Bernie Sanders right now, you're doing exactly what the establishment wants you to do. They want you to be disappointed. They want you to be demoralized. They want you to think that Hillary Clinton is inevitable. She's not inevitable. It's not over yet. He beat her in New Hampshire by 22 points. And for him to get this close to Hillary Clinton in Nevada, that's not as bad as you'd think it is. It's a Hillary Clinton win. But I mean, come on, if the trend continues on, look at the national polling. He's now tied with her in two national polls, and it's just an upward trend for Bernie Sanders. So if you think that the establishment is no longer scared because Hillary Clinton won Nevada, no, they're still terrified. So now let me get to some of these demographics here. Uh, so first and foremost, I'll note that according to MSNBC, uh, the Nevada Democrats saw a lower turnout than in 2008. Now, what does this mean? This means that if we would have had a higher turnout, Bernie Sanders probably would have won because if the turnout is higher, that is, it's always going to work in Bernie Sanders' favor. But if it's lower, that's going to work in Hillary Clinton's favor. So if you're a young person who didn't vote or if you're anyone who is a Bernie Sanders supporter and didn't go to caucus for Bernie Sanders in Nevada, you, you, you can't be disappointed at this result because if you don't vote, you don't make change. You don't get progress. You have to participate in this process. I know it's demoralizing. I know it's frustrating. I know it's inconvenient. But if you really want Bernie Sanders to win, you have to get out there. You have to leave the comfort of your own home and caucus for him or vote for him if you are in South Carolina. Now, getting to some of the demographics. So Hillary Clinton did win the woman vote this time, which that would have been bad if she lost it twice in a row. But Bernie Sanders still got a pretty big portion. And again, when it comes to uh, age demographics, he's crushing it in the youth vote. I mean, uh, people uh, younger than uh, 29, he got 82% of the vote. Uh, he got 62% of the, the vote among people aged 30 to 44. And of course, Hillary, again, took home the oldest demographics. Now, they're always the ones that are consistently turning out to vote. Now, he's also made significant progress when it comes to getting Latino voters. So Hillary Clinton won with people who make under 30,000 per year. She got 51% of their vote. Uh, Bernie Sanders got 46% of the vote. So that's a little bit surprising because if you're poor, Hillary Clinton, someone who is bankrolled by Wall Street, you know, not going to be the best person to represent you. And it's, it, it's as a Bernie Sanders supporter, it's odd to me that people, so many liberal voters are, you know, picking Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Uh, it, it, I just find it really odd because these are liberal voters. So for someone who is to the right of someone like Donald Trump when it comes to foreign policy or super PACs, 
I find it troubling that liberals support her. Uh, so that name recognition, trust me, it goes a long, long way. So if you don't know who Bernie Sanders is, you better learn. Now, I want to read to you um, an email that I got from Bernie Sanders. No, not him personally. I'm just on his email list. And I thought that it was really inspiring. So I'm going to read that to you. Final results are in from Nevada, and it looks like we're going to leave another state with roughly the same number of delegates as Hillary Clinton, maybe just down a few. That's what really matters. This is proportional. It's not winner take all. It's not, you know, if you win a plurality of votes, you get 100% of the delegates. That's not the case. Delegates are proportionally apportioned. So uh, it's not the case that this is a lose for Bernie Sanders entirely. Uh, I want to be completely clear with you about what this result means. Nevada was supposed to be a state tailor-made for the Clinton campaign and a place she once led by almost 40 points. But today, we sent a message that will stun the political and financial establishment of this country. Our campaign can win anywhere. There are 26 primaries and caucuses in the next month, and three straight positive results for our campaign are sure to prompt an over-the-top response from the millionaires and billionaires who are funding our opponent and her many super PACs. We have to be prepared for their best shot because it's coming, and he's absolutely right. They're going to throw everything at him, uh, and they're scared. Don't think that this, you know, uh, this win in Nevada is going to make the, the establishment any less scared of Bernie Sanders. That's not the case at all. They're still terrified. Hillary Clinton is still terrified. Now, they're, you know, they're, they're going to rest at ease right now because if he would have won Nevada, then the momentum could have carried him to a potential upset in South Carolina. But this is not over. No, no, no. This is far from over. We're just getting started. So what do we do now as Bernie Sanders supporters? Do we throw up our hands and give up? No, that's exactly what they're expecting. They're hoping that this win demoralizes us. No, not going to happen. We're not stopping at all. In fact, we're going to go even 10 times harder now. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to berniesanders.com and donate. Whatever you got, a dollar, $10, anything you can give, give it to Bernie Sanders. Then if you have time, phone bank. If you're in one of these Super Tuesday states, canvas. I mean, we're all going to vote in one of these 50 states uh, coming soon. So you can canvas in your neighborhood if you have time. So now let the Hillary Clinton supporters celebrate. They're laughing in our faces right now. I posted a, a tweet saying, you know, to Bernie Sanders supporters not to give up, you know, don't let this get to you. This is a step back, but think about all the progress that we have, have made and that we're still making. Uh, and I got, you know, some tweets from Hillary Clinton supporters, Hillary bros, as I like to call them, um, that have been laughing, you know, just ha 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 ha, like laughing in our faces you know, because we lost. Did we do that when we whooped Hillary Clinton's ass in New Hampshire by 22 points? We didn't. I mean, we celebrated, but, you know, we weren't sore winners. We didn't throw mud in their faces. Uh, so, you know, let them win now, but it's not over. It's not over at all. And if you believe that, then you're doing exactly what the establishment wants. Do not, I repeat, do not become demoralized because of this. But guess what? It's going to be a really long, hard-fought battle. This isn't going to be easy. It was never going to be easy. And if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, I think that you probably know that. So here's the deal. Brace for a lose in South Carolina, but we fight like hell to close the gap as much as we possibly can. And then when, when it comes to Super Tuesday, it's a new game. You know, it, we can do this. So do not... I repeat, do not give up. Here's what's happening. This is a political revolution. Regardless, if that revolution doesn't come to fruition in the form of a Bernie Sanders, it will come to fruition someday, either in the form of an Elizabeth Warren or someone else. It's going to happen because the way that the establishment has been carrying on, you know, it can't continue like this. But don't you dare count out Bernie Sanders yet. If you're a Bernie Sanders supporter and you are counting him out, slap yourself right now because no, you don't get to do that yet. It's not over. Don't you dare say that this is over. This is just the beginning. Uh, and we're going to fight like hell because we will not let the establishment take over again. No way. Not going to happen. So stay strong, feel the burn, and go donate and do your part in this political revolution because we're going to make history. So the Democratic town hall between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton took place tonight. And I wanted to give you guys my analysis. But before I do that, you know, I just wanted to throw out some general questions. So first, uh, why can't we just have a normal debate? I don't understand. I mean, you have both candidates there. You have a moderator. Uh, why can't we just have a debate? I mean, the town hall format, it's, it's great and all, 
but I think that you need to alternate more because, I mean, we it seems like we're having a lot more town halls than anything. And I think that this election cycle would benefit from more debates. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I'll take what I can get. Uh, second question. Uh, why are we letting Chris Cuomo host this? Uh, at the last Democratic town hall, he has proven that he is complete and utterly biased and that he doesn't deserve to be in that position. Why can't you get anyone else? Out of all the people that work at CNN, Chris Cuomo was the only one available? I mean, come on. So I have so many problems with Chris Cuomo, and this time is no different. So he basically cuts off Bernie Sanders all the time. Bernie Sanders does not have the same amount of time to answer questions as Hillary Clinton does, uh, yet he just lets Hillary Clinton drone on forever and ever. And it was only a couple times after letting her speak for like five minutes when she was just starting to repeat herself that he actually kind of chimed in but still let her finish. I don't know why he does this. Look, I... I recognize that when someone speaks and becomes redundant and they repeat themselves because I do the same exact thing. So it's a pattern that I pick up on when other people do it. So he lets her do this. And uh, when it comes to Bernie Sanders, he cuts him off as he's about to make his point. And that is really frustrating. He was, you know, this was less of a problem this time than it w was the last time. But I mean, let Bernie Sanders speak. But I will give him credit for actually pointing out the fact that even though the media is now saying that Hillary Clinton is inevitable, that they're actually basically tied when it comes to, to delegates. She's like one ahead of him. Uh, so kudos, <laughs> because I didn't think anyone in the mainstream media actually had the balls to state something that is obvious. They're tied for delegates, for pledged delegates. We need to speak the truth. And when you mislead voters and you make it appear as though Hillary Clinton is just, you know, she's running away with this. They're tied right now. Now it's going to change come South Carolina, most likely. But we have to be truthful. We have to call it what it is. So when it comes to his introduction of Hillary Clinton, I threw up in my mouth. Basically, he was, <laughs> let us welcome the former first lady, the former senator, the former secretary of state. Oh, sorry there, Hillary Clinton. It took me a minute because there's just so many titles to get through. You're just so qualified. I love you so much. Can I wash your car? I mean, okay, we get it. She's qualified. This is not a very impressive narrative. I would be more impressed if her judgment was actually better. So this this isn't something like they, they talk about how qualified she is. Look, I don't think I've ever heard a Bernie Sanders supporter deny how qualified Hillary Clinton is. I'll admit myself that Hillary Clinton is probably the most qualified presidential candidate in the history. But that really has no bearing on my decision to vote for you unless you have good judgment to back it up. Hillary Clinton has not proven that to me. Okay, so when it comes to the question to Bernie Sanders from Chris Cuomo about why he chose not to release his transcripts because Hillary Clinton said that she would not do it unless everyone else did, uh, he did. I literally just covered a video on this a couple of days ago. Bernie Sanders did release his speech transcripts. Uh, he gave three paid speeches and made less than $2,000. He released a video of it. Uh, there are There's another video of it of him on Bill Maher. You can check that out on my channel. And when it comes to his paid speeches to Wall Street, he released all zero of them. And he pointed this out, and that was... That was great. Now, when it comes to the question of why Bernie Sanders believes his message is not resonating with African-Americans, I absolutely just reject the premise of the question uh, because it's a matter of name recognition. You can blame the media for that, CNN. So Bernie Sanders should have pointed this out. It's a matter of name recognition. There's a reason why Bernie Sanders' popularity and um, national poll rating is going up. It's because as more people hear about Bernie Sanders, the more they become interested in his message. And even though he is, ha hasn't overtaken Hillary Clinton with respect to support from the African-American community and Latino communities, uh, with the exception of Nevada, of course, and younger Latinos. Well, it's slowly happening. Everybody knows who Hillary Clinton is. Nobody knew who Bernie Sanders was prior to this election. So it's basically not the fact that, you know, his message isn't resonating, because it clearly is. It's a matter of name recognition. That's his biggest... Uh, hurdle that he must overcome. Now, there was one line that Bernie Sanders mentioned that was hilarious. He said that a psychoanalyst would have a good time with Trump. I thought that was great. I don't remember what the context was and why he mentioned it, but that just stood out to me and it made me laugh. Um, he did a really great job at thoroughly explaining how he's going to pay for different types of policies. And you know, we saw a little bit of butthurtness from Chris Cuomo because he said, well, if you're a president, you know, you talk about taxing the rich. Well, aren't you supposed to represent the rich? Aren't you being too divisive? Basically, he's saying, look, I'm rich and why are you being mean to me? Wham! I'm only a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire someday. Look, shut up, Chris Cuomo. Stop.
go sit down. So that really bugged me because it's the rich who are really divisive. They talk about how liberals want to wage class warfare. No, class warfare has already been waged against the poor. We didn't initiate it. You guys drew first blood. So it's time that we actually get some of what we earn because we pay our taxes too and we don't get anything from that, okay? We get barely anything back from that, comparatively speaking with, you know, European countries and whatnot. So it's time that we get our fair share. The rich have had their cake and they've been able to eat it too and ours. Uh, but now it's time that we actually get our money back and get some investment in us because we pay taxes. Now, Chris Cuomo asked him about the four democratic economists uh, who said that his policy positions were basically delusional. You know, you propose these things, you know, it, it, it's, I forgot what the analogy was, something about a unicorn or a fairy or whatever with lottery tickets strapped to its foot, just basically idiotic and condescending. They're acting as though these these policy proposals, like universal healthcare and free college tuition, have never been done before. You can look to Chile, you can look to Sweden, Norway for free universal college, and you can look to basically every other modern nation for single payer or a national healthcare system of some sort. So I find this absolutely absurd to think that this is somehow delusional. What? Because we have a higher population. We spend more per capita than these other countries. Why can't we have a better healthcare system? So it's just absolutely idiotic. And I'm glad that Bernie Sanders said, let me guess, these economists were organized by the Clinton campaign. That was a good line. That was a really good line. And he gave a great answer on why it's the case that we can actually get healthcare. It's not absurd. The people who are protecting our current idiotic regressive healthcare system have a vested interest in doing so. Uh, but he made a really, really strong point when he said the question really is whether or not we have the guts to take on the insurance and pharmaceutical industry. This right here was strong because Clinton always brings up that, you know, this is something that's going to be too politically divisive. You'll never get universal health care through, you know, but it is really a matter of guts. Are you going to pick someone who's not even going to try to do what's best? Or are we going to pick someone who actually has the guts to at least try to set the bar for where we should be or where we should be going with respect to healthcare? So moving on to um, the um, assertion that Clinton hit him as a single issue candidate. Well, the ad that they played was just, I don't know who greenlit this ad because it basically is a phenomenal pro Bernie Sanders ad. She thinks it's a, you know, an anti Bernie Sanders ad. They're framing him as a one issue candidate. But they're just proving his point. Everything is connected to Wall Street and money and politics. I mean, you can't look at an issue and see the money interest in it. So, for example, with Obamacare, Hillary Clinton will bring up Obama couldn't even get a public option when he had, you know, the Senate, when he had the House. So how do you expect to get universal health care through? But she doesn't understand that that is it makes the party look bad and it shows that they're beholden to these uh, special interests like the health insurance industry. So it's just inextricably connected to every single political issue. So yeah, you kind of have to be a one issue candidate, but Bernie Sanders is not one dimensional. He's multidimensional, but he's just smart to point out what we've all been yelling about, that money in politics is a huge plague. You know, it's a virus in our political system and Hillary Clinton is not going to do a damn thing about it. Getting quote, unaccountable money is not enough. It's time we get money out of politics in general. Uh, but I love that Bernie Sanders brought up the fact that her super PAC is one in which Wall Street contributes to it and they're nervous. So that's why they made this ad attacking them on it. That was a really, really strong point. And then when it comes to the question of can you assure citizens that you won't be beholden to special interests, that was you know, that I believe it was a Bernie supporter who asked him that question. That was tailor made for Bernie Sanders because this was an, an amazing chance for him to basically differentiate himself from Hillary Clinton. He said, look, I'm indebted to the people who contributed $27 to my campaign. Again, really, really strong plea right there. So a great question from uh, an audience member was, what would happen to the millions of people who currently work in the health insurance industry if we do actually get single-payer health care? And Bernie Sanders gave a phenomenal answer, and I think that this will hopefully put to rest some of the fears about his universal health care plan. It's that, you know, the new jobs that will be created by having a single-payer system will go to those who are currently working in the health insurance industry first. Great question. Phenomenal answer. I'm glad that this came up. Okay, so the strongest moment of the night that was really, really powerful, and I think this is going to resonate with a lot of people, 
was the religious question. Bernie Sanders, wow, I, I mean, I was speechless. So basically, he talked about his whole entire religious and spiritual philosophy being when your children hurt, I hurt. We're in this together. And holy shit, this was a beautiful, genuine, authentic answer. And he stated that the thought of letting people down who believe in him is scary. The way he said it, it brought tears to my eyes almost. I mean, he is really a rarity in politics and we would be fools to pass up this once in a lifetime opportunity to actually elect a candidate like Bernie Sanders. So that right there, I, I don't think I've ever seen a more genuine moment in politics ever. That was amazing. I, I actually really believe that Bernie Sanders cares. Uh, and he, he's put his money where his mouth is. He ha he doesn't have a super back. He's not taking money from large corporations or billionaires. It's all funded by us. And that was a really, really, really strong moment. So let's get to the bad stuff with Hillary Clinton, because I don't think that she performed very well. I think Bernie Sanders overall had a very, very good performance. Best performance yet from him at these uh, town halls. So the question was asked if she learned her lesson when it comes to intervening and effectively her answer was no, I didn't. Okay, got that because, you know, we, we have Syria, we have Libya, we have Iraq. She clearly has not learned her lesson. I don't think she ever will when it comes to foreign policy and this is a huge reason why I can't even trust her. I mean, if she does win the nomination and she's going up against Donald Trump, how is it that she's going to make her case to independence that she's going to be better on foreign policy? Donald Trump is to the left of her on foreign policy in many respects. He's going to hammer her when it comes to her vote for the Iraq war. He's going to say that we shouldn't intervene in Syria, that a Syrian no-fly zone is a bad idea. So a really important question came up. What is your statement to Democrats that believe that your email scandal will hurt your chances? Well, this did not <laughs> uh, ameliorate any of my fears at all. She said, I turned in 55,000 pages of emails, but what she fails to mention is that this is after she destroyed over 10,000. So clearly there's something that she didn't want us to see. And if she missed one of them, something's going to come up. She may be subpoenaed. She could potentially even be indicted. Even if nothing happens, even if she's not indicted, the Republicans will hammer her in the general election. I don't give a damn how battle-tested you think you are. This is a true scandal. If the FBI is investigating you and you're running for president, do you not think this is going to be ammunition for the Republicans? Do you not think Donald Trump is going to bring this up and hammer you for it? Now, the worst moment of the night for Hillary Clinton is, of course, the transcripts. Uh, now she's moving the goalposts. She said that she'll release her speeches when everyone else does, including Republicans. Oh, okay, okay. So at first it was just when everyone else does, meaning uh, Bernie Sanders, Martin O'Malley at the time. And now Republicans have to do it too. Oh my God. Okay, if you're willing to hold yourself to the same low standard as Republicans, that says a lot about not only your campaign, but your character as well. See, we're Democratic voters. We're not going to vote for a Republican, Hillary. So are you not going to do it for us? Do you not expect that it's going to be a problem for you if you do become the Democratic nominee? Bernie Sanders supporters who do not trust you at all and dislike you very much aren't going to want those transcripts? I mean, come on. You're going to make people so demoralized, so disenfranchised by what is seemingly a bad reason for you to withhold the speeches. So we're going to think that, you know, this is crony capitalism. You're corrupt. You're beholden to Goldman Sachs. And what's going to happen? We're going to be demoralized and not want to vote. I'm not necessarily speaking for myself, but I'm saying that there's going to be a lot of people who will not want to vote for you because of this corruption. So, like, I think it's absolutely offensive for you to hold yourself to the same low standard as Republicans. If you want to be held to that low standard, go run on the Republican ticket. Because you're close to them when it comes to foreign policy and many other issues. So why don't you go run with them? I don't get it. A terrible, terrible answer. She looked horrific right here. She said, you know, there is no unknown with me. I've been very transparent. That's bullshit. Then release your transcripts. <laughs> if you're transparent, release the transcripts. Uh, she also said, I want people to hold me accountable. We're trying to release transcripts. That's accountability right there. If you release your transcripts, we are then holding you accountable. So this was 
so bad. And she also brought up the fact that it's problematic to assume that if you ever took money from corporate interests or Wall Street that you can't fulfill your public duty and represent the people. Hillary Clinton, we don't believe you at all. See, she thinks that this is a line, like she'll use it against Obama. Well, Obama took more money from Wall Street than than everyone. Right, that's not persuasive. And that's the reason why a lot of us are disenfranchised with Obama. That's the reason why a lot of progressives had, quote, buyer remorse when it comes to President Obama. Because what was one of his first actions? He appointed a, Wall, a Goldman Sachs operative to his administration. So if you think that using that on us is persuasive, no, you're horribly mistaken. So this is absolutely horrific for her. How does she have so many supporters? After seeing this tonight, after seeing her behavior, anyone who watches this should be disgusted. Any one of her supporters should be ashamed of themselves for supporting a candidate like this. Like, I could see if this was the general and it's her versus Donald Trump and you're trying to vote strategically because you don't want Donald Trump to win. I get that, but you have someone like Bernie Sanders who was completely genuine and authentic and who is not beholden to Wall Street, who has not taken money from them. I don't get how anyone can support her. I don't get how anyone can believe her. It's insane to me. It really is insane to me. And to see voters vote against their interests for Hillary Clinton, someone who is clearly scared about what she said to Wall Street because she must have made some pretty big grandiose promises if she's not willing to release the transcripts of what she told them. And if you're not worried about that, you're not paying attention to politics, you're not outraged when you should be. So that's my thoughts. Uh, Bernie Sanders absolutely killed it. And I think that his moment where he explained his spirituality, it's going to be a really strong, lasting moment on his campaign. Thanks for watching The Humanist Report. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out at humanistreport.com.